Switched On on F104 and I'm joined by chartered work and organisational psychologist and accredited professional transformational coach, Leisha <laughs> McGrath. Hello. Hello, how's it going? Quite a mouthful there. Thanks for getting Actually, it all look, in. We got it all in. <laughs> <laughs> so there was this survey carried out by LinkedIn and asked twin, like the top 20 lessons that we wish you'd known before we all started our careers. But wouldn't it be great if we knew these things before it happened? Um, yes and no. I mean, I think, you know, hindsight's always a wonderful educator. Mm. And it's lovely to think that you'd know all the things on day one. But I think it's also important to take the pressure of people starting off in careers and to encourage them to um, to learn, to be open-minded, to fail, to build relationships, all the things that are really important um, to to furthering their career. Mm -hmm. And I think putting pressure on them to think, oh God, there's all these other things you should have known (laughs) Mm -hmm. might have a a counterintuitive effect of of stressing them out even more. But it's still a really interesting read. It's a good piece of research. It really is. And I saw that 25% were looking at work-life balance and that was something that they would strive for. Is it something that we're kind of looking more for now in, in careers? I think so. And I think as, um, you know, we shift into different uh, cohorts of generations, you know, certainly the generations that went before you and I perhaps would have liked the pensionable job. People didn't didn't stay. And even culturally, I was speaking with someone today who was saying in Korea, people seem to, you know, in, in, in some cultures in Asia, but particularly in Korea, people seem to stay in the same job at the same level and don't transition. But I think certainly over here, the centennials are looking for uh, flexibility. They're looking for the capacity to move around. They're looking for variation. They're more likely to take career breaks, all that kind of stuff. So I think it's, um, I think work-life balance is, is really important. I think COVID highlighted to most of us, you know, the need for, for more of, of that. We even call it work-life integration now. So it's not just working to live. Um, you know, it, there, there's also a, a much more of an emphasis on, on the, I suppose, looking at ourselves holistically and, and thinking quite actively about how we live and how organisations are going to be able to attract talent and continue to attract talent um, by, by providing supports and initiatives and encouragement for people to not just work, but to do, to do the other parts of life as well. Absolutely. And I think it all helps as well towards your job. I kind of feel like if you are doing all the things outside of work, that it kind of makes work more fun. It kind of adds to it rather than takes away from it. Yeah, well, I think if you have other things in your life, then then you're likely to feel more resourced, more supported, you know, and more energized by the time you come to work. People used to think, you know, if I'm in the office 12 hours a day or wherever your workplace is, you know, I'll be really productive and I'll get loads done. But actually, when we're tired, when we're kind of a bit bored, when when there's a, a stagnant energy around the place when we haven't left, we tend to be less productive. We tend to have less positive relationships. Like, it, it's actually not, you know, the more time you spend in the office, the more productive you are. The, we see from the research that the, the more variety we have in life, the more we resource ourselves, the more productive we're likely to be. And to go back to the survey for a second, 14% say, don't be scared to ask for a pay rise. Do we tend to be a little shy about approaching our bosses and going, hi, can we have more money, please? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it depends. Um, and, I, you know, one of the things that strikes me is very few college courses that I'm aware of equip people for how to actually operate in organizations and how to have these questions. You know, I'm interested in that project. I'm interested in more money. What do I need to do in order to get 
to the next stage. Mm-hmm. But I think it's okay to have those conversations. In fact, I think, you know, they're, they're, they, they should be encouraged. I think if you have a good quality relationship with your boss and you're able to communicate with them, then those questions should be, you know, part of your career progression conversations that you're saying, you know, if you get to this level with this and, you know, you, you get to understand this piece or can take on this additional responsibility, this is what's in it for you. Um, I think we have to understand that, you know, organizations are there to make money. So once we can prove that we add value, that we are, you know, we're, we're doing more, I, I think if, if where possible, organizations will be more likely to give out a pay rise um, rather than lose someone. And I suppose that falls into the same category as being open f- to feedback. I think we do, like, I don't know if it's an Irish thing, but we kind of take it very personally getting feedback, but it can be actually quite a positive thing, can't it? Yeah, I mean, I think the skills of, of giving feedback are improving and, mm-hmm. and most people will start with positives and then bring in something that needs improvement. But the research, sadly, is showing that the centennials are taking it massively um, personally. And I was at a, um, a British psychological conference recently and heard a really interesting um, speech from a Dr. Mary Collins from RCSI. And she was saying that she had um, data where somebody in the health sector had been given a nine out of 10, i.e. she was doing brilliantly. They mm-hmm. wanted to promote her. Everything was great. And um, this young professional went home, didn't sleep at all, was absolutely bereft that all she got was a nine out of 10. Wow. So I think we need need to be really aware of how we deliver that feedback. We need to be aware that there are um, generational differences. And again, coming back to that relationship communication, which I'll always come back to as being super important um, in both directions. We, yeah, we need to be careful how we give those, give those messages. But of course, it's an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity for development, for doing more, doing better, if we can take it in the spirit in which it's intended. So if you happen to be at the point where you're either looking to go into your first career or you're looking to change career, what should you be kind of taking into account? Um, great question. I think obviously the, the area that you're interested in professionally in terms of what you'll be doing day to day, I think is important. There's no such thing as a perfect job or a perfect mm-hmm. organization, but getting it more or less right is, 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 a good, is a good place to start. I'd also look at the culture of the organization. Are they the type of organization that do the things like we were talking about with work-life balance? Do they, do they have supports? Um, in place what is the culture which means what does it kind of feel like to work around here and I think that's really important understanding um, what the team dynamic might be like what the career progressional opportunities might be like those would be questions that I'd be curious about it's not all about holidays and, and, and you know what you're getting paid those are of course important but if you're committing to a career rather than a job I'd be looking at those other questions as well would they be something you'd find online or is it something you may have to ask somebody who's worked there before? Um, I think it's probably a bit of both. If you read interviews with employees or, you know, obviously depending on the size of mm-hmm. the organisation, but certainly I would ask those kinds of questions at an interview stage. Okay. Um, and if I knew anyone who worked there, I would be, um, I, yeah, I'd be, I'd be keen to approach them and, and see if you could buy them a cup of coffee and pick <laughs> their brain. But those are, in, you know, in inverted commas, more intelligent questions, I think, to ask and more interested questions and, and questions that employers would tend to 
um, tend to respond positively to because I think what it shows is I'm looking to commit to you. You know, I I understand Mm -hmm. what makes a functioning employer-employee relationship and I want to understand, you know, what what your part in the relationship is so that I can fully commit. So I think they're positive questions to ask even as you're joining an organisation. But yeah, anything you can get outside of that is also, of course, added, added value. Amazing. Leisha McGrath, thank you so much for chatting to us this evening. My pleasure. Thank you for having me.